Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Upward, a ladies' Bible study. We are so excited uh, to be with you today. We thank you for joining us, whether you're catching us live or the replay. Um, we have some really great scriptures for you today about our legacy and what the, le the legacy of the Lord is. And so it's always good to know, you know, my Mimi said, Benita Kay, set their feet in the right direction. I'm talking about my children. And, you know, it stretches from generation to generation. And we're going to be talking about that today. So Esther and Carlita, thank you for being here this morning and for delving deep in the word. Esther, this is your vision, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it um, and to see it coming to fruition. So thank you guys for joining us, and we'll get started. Are you ready? We are ready. Yeah. All right, good. Let's go. Okay, so we are in Genesis 17, 1 through 8. Uh, Kay, can you slide that down just a little bit? I okay, thank you. So when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God all powerful. Obey me and live the right way. If you do this, I will prepare an agreement between us and I will promise to make your people a great nation. Then Abraham bowed before God. God said to him, this is my part of our agreement. I will make you the father of many nations. I will change your name from Abram to Abraham, because I am making you a father. Oops, sorry. Uh, because I am making you a father of many nations. I will give you many descendants. New nations and kings will come from you. And I will prepare an agreement between you and me. The agreement also be for all your descendants. It will continue forever. It will be your God. I will be your God and the God of your descendants. And I will give this land to you and to all of your descendants. And I will give you this land to you and all your descendants. Sorry, I read that again. I will give you the land you are traveling through, the land of Canaan. I will give you this land forever and I will be your God. Then God said to Abraham, now this is your part of the agreement. You and your descendants will obey my agreement. So we'll stop right there for a minute and talk about, basically God is saying, now this is my covenant. This is my promise to you, Abraham, is I am going to give you a nation. But he's also saying in return, your part is you have to make an agreement that you and all your descendants will obey my agreement. And so how do you think Abraham did that? Except for the fact that Abraham had to teach his children. He had to teach them how to love the Lord because things are not just natural when kids are born. I mean, some things are, but some things children are taught by learning. And we learn that more. I think I'm more um, aware with my grandchildren than I was with my children. You know, I'm more aware because I watch my grandson with my son and he says what my son says and he does what my son does. And I'm more aware now watching than when I was doing it. But it's so important for us uh, as influences, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, our daughter-in-laws, our son-in-laws, our nieces, our nephews, uh, friends, people we go to church with, whatever, 
it's so important that we set that example, that we live it, we live what we teach, and we teach what we live, so that they will also desire to follow in the pathway that we follow, that we choose, right? So now we've got this great covenant between God and Abraham, and it is for Abraham's descendants. So it gets better. So let's go, go down real quick to uh, 17, 15, and 16. Chapter 17, 15, and 16. So God said to Abraham, I will give you Sarai, your wife, a new name. Her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her, and I will give her a son, and you will be the father. She will be the mother of many new nations. Kings of nations will come from her. So Sarah, the name Sarah is Hebrew. And the meaning of Sarah is princess. So now God is calling Sarah a princess. And he is saying she will be the mother of many new nations. Kings of nations will come from her. And as I was really studying this, I was thinking about how many times you have heard pastors preaching or we prayed and said the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? How many times have you heard people preaching Abraham, 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 we're descendants of Abraham, but you don't often hear about Sarah. And God said she will be the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will come from her. Yes, Abraham was a father of many nations, but nations came from Sarah. They came from her. And that's really where the legacy begins. Also, when we have our children, what kind of legacy are we giving them? And giving them, you know, giving them things that will also be an inheritance, I think is so important. It's important to teach them to not just love Jesus and love others, but to give to others. But you know what? Teaching them how to sew and how to do woodwork and how to do, you know, how to cook and how to make blankets and how to give. I think that that is an inheritance and a legacy. Because Kay, you started off telling a story about your Mimi and how important that was to you. What kind of legacy are we leaving for our loved ones and our children and for the next generation? And let's begin, and we talked about this uh, when we were talking about the Proverbs woman, about what we can breathe into them and teach them and maybe learn to slow down a little bit and partake in them, give them something. Because have you ever thought about how things die? And you go, oh, wow. You know, I remember doing that with my family, but it's like it died there. When your loved one died, it died. So what will you now give to the next generation with your physical hands, you know, with your physical 
hugging them and loving them and teaching them to give. I think that that, that covenant with God and Abraham and Sarah was so important because it's for us too, because we're talking generations. And I wonder, don't you wonder how many generations that is? How many years that is? Because I do. I'm so curious of how many of those years that really is. You know, um, I was reading up yesterday that in the 1700s, there was a couple named Edward and Sarah. And they were the first people of their generation that started a covenant and they began to preach and write books and teach and they had Bible studies. And so one of their offsprings in the early 1900s, which was not that long ago, because we were all born in the 1900s, uh, uh, she did a genealogy. And it was like 80, since the 1700s, since Sarah, since Sarah and Edward started their mission, they had 80 people who had gone to law school. They had deans in their family. They had doctors in their family. They had educators in their family. They had one who ran for vice president in their family. So that generation started with a couple who said, this is the gift that I'm going to give to my family. They had 11 children and they instituted everything that they did was geared towards ministry and their family. And now here we are less than 300 years later, everything that was accomplished in those years and in those generations. So what will your legacy be? What will you do that is so special that you can now start for your next generation? I think that's really important. Ladies? Well, you know, we're going on legacy, and I, I love the part about Abraham and Sarah. When her name changes, you know, we have to look at the fact when her name changes, God said that they would that Abraham would be the father of many nations. And I'm going to piggyback on what you said. You know, she gave birth, and by her giving birth and her touch, sometimes we, we look at, okay, what, 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 when you give birth to something, you're giving life. But you can give birth to something in the spiritual. And in the spiritual, Sarah was connected with Abraham, so she was able to be that spiritual mother as well as mother to many nations. And Sarah is the mother of the church, you know, it might step on a lot of people, you know, toes, but it's the truth. It's the word of God. You know, that's why a lot of people symbolize uh, in, in, in the Catholic church, Mary, the mother. They look up to it because it was seen as a woman being the mother of the church. But it was actually Sarah being a mother of the church. Yes. I agree with that. That's good. Okay. Had to figure out how to unmute. Well, just like I talked about my mini-me, I also believe that in Proverbs it talks about teach children in a way that fits their needs even when they are old and they will not leave the right path. And Sarah started that. She started that teaching her children. And that is our responsibility is to teach our children. The Bible talks about prodigal children. But I know that, and we talked about it with Jerob a few weeks ago, that when you have people 
praying in your family, praying over your children. You might not be able to make a quilt, but you can pray, right? You may not be able to, you know, be a gourmet cook, but you can pray. And there's things that we can teach our children. I mean, we, we teach our children how to do their laundry. We teach our children how to, you know, cook and clean for themselves. But there are also things that we are called to teach them that they won't stray from, and that's to be in the word. And so um, I think that is our calling more than anything, more than the menial things, but I think gathering with our kids and, and doing those things carries on for generation to generation. So what was that other scripture you had in uh, Proverbs? That's it, teach children in a way that fits okay. their needs. Even when they're old, they will not leave the right path. Okay. So uh, then, Carlita, do you want to do Genesis 22? Genesis 22. And we're looking at 15 through 18. So it says, An angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And it said, by myself, I have sworn, said the Lord, for because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that is a blessing. I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply your seeds as the stars of the heaven and the sands, which is upon the seashore. And, it shall, and your seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. And in your and in your seeds shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. This is a a blessed scripture because all of them is because it talks about and the angel of the Lord called unto Abram out of heaven the second time. The angel called out to to, to um, Abraham the second time, and this is just a, a part of Revelations. And the dependence on the, 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 the words, we have to realize the cross. This is just setting the revelation up for the cross to be getting prepared for God because no cross, no revelation. You know, and then if we look at and he said, by myself, I have sworn because you have done these things. I have not did not really hold your son. So many times we we, we, we carry the burdens and. We're carrying our children burdens. We're looking at life and we're looking at the stresses. And, you know, you, you might have somebody that have a whole bunch of things in life, but you have God. And when you're obedient to God and you move, when God say move, God will begin to operate in you and through you on another level because of your obedience. If God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us, that's why 15 is so important. No cross, no revelation. If we, if, if he would have withheld his son to come down here and down the cross, just like Abraham, Abraham was willing, okay, let me take my son up here and get ready to, to slaughter my own child. And, and sometimes when, when our own children are going through situations in the world, we got to learn to just put that child on the cross. We got to get in a place to where we're backing up and letting the anointing and the power of God begin to operate and flow in our lives that when we pray for our kids and our kids are out there doing the things 
that is not of God. We got to press with God and say, God, you know, I'm, I'm laying this burden at your feet. We're trusting God. And that child, you, you just sacrificed it when you gave it back to God. I said a couple of years ago, and I have to go back and I got to do it again because the enemy gates and this scripture was just all on my life. You know, the whole passage. I used to write out checks to God. And when I wrote those checks out, I put my kid's name in them. If I deposit this check into God's account, I know my kids' lives in God's hand. You know, and then we get uh, to 17. It said, and in the blessing, I will bless you. And the blessing of giving our kids back to God, that's a blessing. God will bless us. And then he'll multiply. And I look at my children. I look at my oldest daughter. When I gave her back to God, God blessed her with eight beautiful kids. And each one of those kids I prayed over. And I gave them back to God. And each one of them worshiped God in a way that is unbelievable. Even in her mess, God multiplied. And in his multiplying, seven is completion. The number seven was completion with her children. But number eight was the foundation, the shape, the multiplying. And God will multiply with them. And all the gates, the enemy gates that have been set above their life. The anointing and the fire of the Holy Ghost have to burn those strongholds of the gates that the enemy is trying to keep them closed in, that they could worship God. God has set us up in a position if we're ready to hear from God and we stand on God's uh, purpose and his plan for our life. We just have to push through. And it said, and in your seeds shall all the nation of the earth be blessed. I'm believing and trusting God, the seeds that I planted because God have given me those seeds that every one of my children's children will go to the nation declaring the gospel of God because I have asked God to put the gospel in their mind. And if the gospel is in their mind, said they'll go out and they'll give it. And it's going to go from nation to nation. Yes, that's good. Yes. From nation to nation, from generation to generation. It's so it's so amazing because when you go outside and look at night at the stars in the sky, you can't even count them. You know, when you're a kid, you get up there and you try to count them. It's not possible. You can't do it. And this is what God refers to Abraham's descendants as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore were Abraham's descendants. And we are descendants of Abraham and of Sarah. And all along the line, of course, we all mess up. We all come short of his glory. We all sin daily. We all do that. But God's promise never, ever, ever changes. It doesn't. We change things. We mess up. We we change our destiny. But his promise stays the exact same through the very beginning of time. And that is, you know, that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And it's still the covenant that we have with him. We can stand on his promises. And that takes us to the next scripture, which is one of my absolute favorite, um, K in uh, Numbers. Um, I do want to point out, though, we were talking about generations and, and our children and our grandchildren. Whenever Paul was thanking God for Timothy, he was also thanking God for Timothy's grandmother and his mother, right? 
they were praying women. They were doing what God had set before them. Little did they know that little Timothy would be written about in the good book, in the Bible that we read today, thousands of years later. And so it just says, hey, keep praying, keep doing the thing. And with that in Numbers 23, verses 19 through 20 in the easy to read version, it says, God is not a man. He will not lie. God is not a human being. His decisions will not change. If he says he will do something, then he will do it. If he makes a promise, and he will do what he promised. He told me to bless them. He blessed them. So I cannot change that. And so God's word does not lie. And we can use that word in our conversations with God. We can use that word in striking down the enemy who comes against us and our children. And we can bless our children for generations and generations according to God's word. It's yeah. our faith that puts that into motion. Um, we did a study, you know, and it talked about what is our posture of fear versus our posture of faith. And so whenever we have a posture of fear, we're bent down, Lord, if, it, if it's your will, I, I hope you will. No, please, God. And we're begging, right? But if we stand on his word and say, God, you said in your word that you will bless my family from generation to generation. You stand on that word in confidence and you know that even if you don't get to see it through fruition, he does not lie. He does not lie. And his word stands for generation to generation. And so we have to be able to commit that word to our heart and we have to stand in that posture of faith that posture of strength in the word that he gives us that k that is that is so good that that is so good because and i love that you said that because it's the very thing that i do is that when we are praying we don't stand from a place of fear but a place of faith and we say god if you said it i expect it I don't demand it, but I expect it because I have expectancy in my heart. And I expect it because you said you're not a man and you do not lie. You said you would bring my children from the enemy's camp into their own country. God, you said that you called them and you ordained them and you anointed them. So there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no, you know, calling those things as though they shall be. And it's so important for us to know the word because we... The the Bible says that God's word is above his name. So we can take his word back to him and say, you said it and you're not a God that lies. And if your word is above your name, then God, I just trust you. And I think that that's sometimes where we get into trouble is we trust him, but we see what our kids are doing. And so we panic and you know, a, a revelation the Holy Ghost really gave me the other day is, I am big enough. I, I heard him as clear as day say, I am big enough. And I was praying about a certain situation, and he said, I am big enough. And I think that that's where the trust and the faith comes in to say, God, I'm really concerned right now that you are big enough. You are big enough. And I think that we, and not just for our children and our loved ones, but, you know, if you've ever done 
work for CASA or any kind of volunteer for hospice or anything, you will see heartbreaking situations. And we can call those things for those children that we see that aren't related to us as well. Amen. You know, saying, God, I trust that that boy, that that girl, Lord, I trust that they're going to do great and mighty things for you. Yeah. In the midst of being in CPS custody, because I can promise you we should have grown up in CPS custody. After my parents divorced, we should have been, we should have been taken to CPS. And, you know, so for, you know, we can look at those children and say, God, I trust you with that child's life. They will do great things in spite of what the hell they have been through at a young age. You know, seeing children, babies with cancer, God, seeing them even the grocery store saying, Lord, God, you are the God who healeth thee. Lord, I trust you with that child's life. They're going to live and not die. They're going to prosper and not fail. We can speak God's word over total strangers and them never even knowing that we were praying for them. Amen. People don't have to know when we give a gift to somebody, whether it's a financial or a blessing or whatever it is, the Bible says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. We can bless others, even in the store. We can see somebody that are struggling, struggling financially and say, God, I trust you with their finances. Bless them. You know, we talked about last week, um, just blessing people, not even knowing that you're blessing them, walking by and just touching them saying, oh, you know, have a good day or grabbing something that somebody has a need for. And at the same time, blessing them while you're giving them something from generation to generation to generation, y'all, we don't have to know people that we bless. We don't have to know people that we are praying for. You know, we're some, we're some praying women who have authority and dominion to change hell. So I wanna encourage you ladies to take the authority that you have been given because, and I've said this before and I will say it until I die, our family, our loved ones and our enemies are counting on our prayers. Yes. Let that sink in. Our enemies, they're counting on our prayers. Amen. Um, so let's go to one of my most, I know I say this almost about everything, Deuteronomy 6. Now, God gave me this scripture at one of the darkest, darkest, darkest times of my entire life. And this was just five years ago. And once I got a hold of this, God gave this to me at the end of the trial. And once I got a hold of this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go on a 21 day fast. And even said, what day to start this fast? It was a Thursday night. He said, you start this fast on Saturday and you go 21 days. And on the 20th day in the late hour, when I wasn't even expecting it, it came. The breakthrough came, the promise came, everything came at the 20th hour. So if anyone hearing this is standing on anything for your family of all the things we've talked about today, 
get a hold of this scripture. And it is Deuteronomy 6. And it says, these are the commands, the law, the laws, and the rules that the Lord your God told me to teach you. Obey these laws in the land that you are entering to entering to live in. You and your descendants must respect the Lord your God as long as you live. You must obey all of his laws and his commands that I give you. And if you do this, you will have a long life in that new land. Israelites, listen carefully and obey these laws. Then everything will be fine with you. You will have many children and you will give the land filled with many good things, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised. Now, there's another version. It, it's the one on the left that says, Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God, thank you, of your ascenders has promised you the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I'm here to tell you that when I read that five years ago, I closed the book and I began to worship. And I had this uh, saying in another room uh, that said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I took that and I put it outside because there's another, uh, as you go on, it says, put on your doorpost. So I put above my doorpost and I nailed that saying. My old, my house and everything, every doorknob, every entryway. And I began to call this particular scripture into into existence as for me and my children God, me my son and my son's son will cross over to the land flowing with milk and honey it's so important that we not just know this word but that we begin to hoard this word that we take this word and we begin to hold it so deep in our heart that we can say, God, this is your promise for the land, for us as people. And praying curses off people because, you know, we've talked about all the, the beautiful and the good from generation to generation, but there are also curses. There are also curses that go from generation to generation. So if you've ever stood in the gap and prayed for somebody, have you ever stopped interceding and been tired? You ever stopped interceding and you're like, God, I am tired. Well, of course you're tired. You just went to war. But you didn't just war what your child or your loved one or your husband or whatever was going through. You war generations. It's important to take a, a photo of whoever it is you're praying for and begin to think about their parents, us as parents and grandparents, our parents and great grandparents. And not just when I'm praying, interceding for my children, I'm not just praying for my side and the sin of me and my four, my, my, fam, my parents and my grandparents and my great grandparents who I knew all of them, but you know what? But for my husband's family, for his parents and his grandparents, 
when we are warring and we are breaking, we are praying for generations, we're also binding and cursing things off of our, our generation's lives as well and our descendants' lives as well. Because I don't know about y'all, but I don't want my children to drink. I don't want my grandchildren to drink. I don't want my great-grandchildren to drink. Alcoholism destroyed my family. I don't want that on my children's lives. So I curse that. Gossiping destroyed our family. I don't want that for my descendants. And, and my I, I don't want that. So we can pray, we can bless, and we can bind up the evil that has tried to come into our families. We can curse those things. We can call those things out of our family's life. But we can also call in. So if we bind up alcoholism, then we need to loosen something positive, some joy, some healing, some cleansing. What we bind up is bound up in heaven, but what we loosen, it's also loosened on the earth. So we bind and we curse blessing and curses for generation and generation and generation. We have to be brave. And how many of you know it doesn't always feel good? To stand and say, no more. You will not do that to my children anymore. You will not say that to my children. You will not do those things against my family anymore. It doesn't feel good when we stand. When we stand, and but we are standing and we are changing for generations and generations and generations to come. So the blessings of Abraham come, but some of the curses come too. But we have authority and dominion to change those things, not in our flesh, but in the spirit. And warring with the promises of God and remembering he's not a man. He doesn't lie. Amen. And we can go back to the very beginning of Genesis to Abraham and Sarah and say, God, you said, you said, amen. So we can bless and we can curse. But ladies, we got to put on our war clothes. We got to go to war. It's something we've been talking about from the very beginning of this for our generations and for legacies and for years and years and years to come. Amen. Mm. One of y'all have something? Oh, I just, I just love the way you went on blessing and curses because I, I love the fact that God have given us power and authority. God have given us this power and authority with the Holy Spirit that he places on the inside of us because of our yes and our surrendering. He have given us that authority to pull up every root of generational curses. We have to pull them up by the root as well as bind and curse them. Because if we don't pull them up by the root in the name of Jesus, you still got roots growing underground and you know anything that is underground we don't see that's just like we are diamonds in the rough we're that blessing we're that blessing that um god is covering up under the dirt you know it is it, 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 it's it's for every good that god do the enemy got a duplicate of it that try to sway us to the left or to the right but when we're up under the anointing and the power of god every generational curse that have been before us 60 generations 
we could pull them up by the root in the name of Jesus. Every generational curse that followed Abraham, when God told him to be obedient and we see the examples, we could speak those things that he did not follow into our blessing pocket that we would be able to overflow with blessings and anointing to our family, to our friends and those that are on us. Because, you know, so many times we, um, we spread the word of God. We're confessing the word of God. We're saying we're standing on God's word. But yet, are we standing on God's word or we're letting our flesh place us in a place because generations before us worked in flesh. We don't want to work in flesh. We want to work in the anointing. We want to work in the power of God. We want to flow with the blessings that he has placed inside of us, that he will rise up and through us. We want to get to that place because generational curses will kill you. Yes. Yes. You know, we're not looking at it. This is the month right now that so many of us are masked up saying everything is okay. Well, yes, I'm going and I'm praying and I'm standing on God, but are you really standing? Are you really pressing through? Are you saying, but it's the anointing coming up, holding you when that child is out there trying to commit suicide? Are you standing when your kids are being in, in abusive situations? Are you standing when you see your grandkids in, in places, in situations where it hurts? You know, are you really standing on that that, that, that place or are you going to step out into flesh? Because the enemy is loosening his stuff on this earth right now. And it's so much confusion and distraction. We can, we're not standing seeing God's manifestation. Like, like you said, whatever we bind here on earth, God already bounded in heaven. And when we're bonding something, we're speaking that God bonded up and sent it into the pits, to the best, to, to the, 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 the fire that, that, that would burn it to ashes and it won't rise up again. And when we're saying loosing, or we, like you said, you got to put it, Lord, I loose anointing. Yes. Yeah. Extra anointing on my daughter. I loose a, a Sarah's anointing on my daughter where she would have faith. Sarah did have faith at a position in her life, a Hannah anointing, where you you will let that birthing that's on the inside of her come forth with life, that she would go out and spread the gospel. God said, speak it. And once you speak it into existence, it began to manifest. So anything we do, we want the Holy Spirit to be all up on it. Mix, Mix that Holy Spirit in my heart, my mind, my soul. Because the heart is the first thing to really develop in a baby. And if our emotions as we carry this baby is jacked up, seesaw mentality, our spiritual walk with God is going to be a seesaw mentality. We want the heartbeat of Christ to be in the gift that God gives us. So I love generational uh, bonding and, and loosening. I love spiritual warfare. If I fought in the street, it's a bounce back, baby. It's, it, it, and God just gave it to me. It's bounce back season, baby. Bounce back. Because what the enemy trying to take, God will bounce that ball back in your hand and you'll be able to stand declaring the victory. And that's what we need to be at. Amen. Well, and you know what? And let's say this. Abraham and Sarah were not innocent. No. They often, you know, what did Abraham do? Sarah said, I want a child. I want a child. I want a child. God promised. God promised. But I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. So Abraham goes with the maid and they have Ishmael. 
they went out of the will of God, we mess up. Right. We go out of the will of God and we mess up. But his promise still doesn't change. Amen. His thoughts about us still don't change. Amen. His desires for us still don't change. Amen. And I love that because I've been really praying about something that I messed up with. And I keep saying, God, I really messed up. I really messed up. And that's when the other day God began to speak to me and say, I'm big enough. He's big enough. No matter how many times you've messed up, no matter what kind of example you have been to your children, no matter what, God's mercy and his grace is sufficient and his love covers a multitude of, of sin for us, just like our love covers a multitude of sin for what our children have done. Amen. We don't remind them of what they've done. We don't quit loving them in spite of what they've done. Heck, if anything, I think sometimes the one who has sinned the most, I, I happen to gravitate and pray for the most, you know? And that's how he is with us. So don't beat yourself up. Repent, get up, hang on to the word and move on. So uh, we have one more scripture, but before we do, I want to tell you why this came to me. Um, this came to me because a couple of weeks ago, I was cleaning out my last storage bin and I found some little doll furniture. Now, not Barbie doll, not little girl, but doll furniture that daddy had made for my daughter 22 years ago. Well, 22 years ago, we painted it pink and I came across it in storage a couple of weeks ago and I thought, you know, this is my granddaughter's first Christmas and I'm going to redo the furniture. So I've been redoing the furniture and it has certainly been challenging to say the least because the paint is pink and it is 22 years old. And so I'm having to renail some of the parts that are coming off. I'm having to renail and I'm having to really sand. And Saturday I was very deep in my emotions and I was just sanding and I was thinking about how many times my daughter and I were doing woodwork with daddy. How many times daddy was saying, don't sand that that hard. Here, get a nail. Here, let me teach you how to screw. And as I was sitting there working, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me because I had the sander going of the legacy and the generation. And now daddy put that love into me, which I love doing, working with my hands. And I gave it to my daughter. But now we're doing this furniture for my granddaughter. And how my granddaughter will never know daddy, but she is reaping the benefit of what Mimi is making her that great grandpa had originally started. And that's where this came. And so here I am standing outside and all of a sudden I'm just crying like a crazy fool. And I'm thinking, God, could you just be any more beautiful? And this is where this really came to me of the legacy that we will leave behind. My granddaughter will never know grandpa. I have a bike that stands out, that sits outside that was daddy's that he rode. And it's my flower bed and my grandson will sit on it. And I've taught him whose bike is that? And he'll say, grandpa's, where does grandpa live? Heaven. It's the gift that we give our children 
and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren is so special. This is so special, y'all. I, I pray that you will just take a hold of it and that you will get something will rise up in you that you have an anointing and you have power and you have authority to defeat the enemy and to change generations and generations and generations. You have that in you. And sometimes making a stand for righteousness does not make you a hero. Sometimes saying, we're going to step away from this family and this situation for a little bit because we got some healing to do. And then we're going to come back with boundaries and we're going to come back with different perspectives. Sometimes that doesn't feel good. But you stand in the gap and you do what is right for you and your family. And you change your nation, the nation that you have birthed as a mother. You change that nation in your family's life. I, I just, I cannot impress that upon you enough. Amen. So let's go on now because our time is running short. Uh, Kay, do you want to close us up with Ephesians, is it? Yes. I do want to say, uh, not only you mentioned earlier about Casa kids and, and other people, we're called to pray for them. We're called to break those curses. They're children in foster care. They're, you know, we have the ability to stand in the gap for a child in the grocery store line. Like that is our calling is to preach and teach God's word over people. And so um, I will say it again and again and again. And every time you hear me speak, you'll hear me say, if you want a closer walk with God, if you want to know more of what he wants for you and what his character is, volunteer to teach the kids. Be prepared and he will commit his word unto your heart and he will grow it and you will do things more abundantly than you could have ever asked for or imagined. He will do a work through you and see it through him. So um, I want to close us with Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21. It is a prayer um, that was written and I, I feel it's applicable now. And so we'll just bow our heads as I read God's word. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever 
and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for joining us today. That was God's yeah. word is good. And if you ever don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit knows what to say. Open the Bible because he has treasures for you there um, to answer those prayers and to speak those things into your life and in the life of the generations to come. You know? And make yourself available. Make yourself available to hear him. Take that time of quiet because if you really listen, sometimes he'll just talk to you when you're opening a doorknob, getting in your car. You know, I'm sanding and the Holy Spirit is just speaking to me. Make yourself available. God, speak to me. Lord, I need you in this situation. God, I need you as I'm believing. God, give me hope. You know, speak life over your children and not death. Blessings and not curses. Every day I say, God, my children will live and not die. They won't mm-hmm. prosper and not fail. They are saints and not sinners. They live above and not beneath. Amen. Um, so in closing, again, it's so special to us to meet. It's so special to us um, that people from people will reach out to us. We're getting more people who will like our page and more people who are getting involved. And it is just such an honor and privilege that y'all would meet with us once a week. We thank you for that. God, how we thank you for that. Um, you know, prayed over your love. Please remember that on November the 10th, we will be meeting with Jared Fusler's wife, Michelle Fusler, as she really talks about her perspective on um, the sting of his sin and his pain that she had to overcome. Um, so set your calendars. That's really going to be a very exciting time. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. I am still, even as of yesterday, someone asked, uh, sent me a text and asked me for one of Jerob's books. As the books are dwindling down, you can still get his book on Amazon for $10, and that does include free shipping. Um, so thank you for your interest still in, in that. Um, and don't forget to please, please send us a text message, send us a private message, um, email us at upward, U-P-W-O-R-D-S-T-U-D-Y, upwardstudy at yahoo.com, U-P-W-O-R-D-S-T-U-Y at yahoo.com. We are excited to hear from you. If you did anything last week and someone blessed you or you blessed them, like our challenge, we talked about that, please send us a message and let us know how it went. If you're standing in the gap, if you're praying for somebody, please send us a message and we will touch our faith with your faith and we'll believe with you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we, we truly hope you have a good day. I think uh, Kay finishing us out on Ephesians, that was our prayer. Amen. I don't think we can add to that. <laughs> the only thing we can do now is just love this and give it a share and help spread the word of the gospel and strengthen someone else in the word because this may be the message that they needed to hear today. Be encouraged today. Thank you so much for joining us and have a good day. We'll see you here next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.